0: What's going on everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Key of Wrestling podcast. And today, I'm going to be discussing my favorite segment from Raw, from SmackDown, and from NXT, as well as going over WrestleMania 34 and the confirmed matches, the speculated matches, and the potential order of the matches and what match I think will uh, main event the show. And the reason I want to discuss which match I think will end the show is because I've been listening to the Wade Keller's Pro Wrestling Podcast, and he and Sam Roberts have been going through the WrestleManias and debating on whether or not the last match should have been the last match or if another match should have ended the show. So to start today by going to Monday Night Raw, my favorite segment was probably Ultimate Deletion, and the reason I think Ultimate Deletion was my favorite is because it's been a while since we've been to the Hardy compound, and the only times we've seen it were an impact against Jeff Hardy, and then Matt and Jeff against Decay, and then Ultimate Deletion on Monday. There's one I'm missing. I forget right now, but oh well. And... What, what I liked about this is because it seemed like Matt Hardy had good creative control, and it was great to see the whole family there again, especially Senor Benjamin. When uh, Senor Benjamin threw the globe at Bray Wyatt, I thought he uttered the uh, song, He's got the whole world in his hands. Just a little bit too fast, and I feel like it took them more than one take to get it done. But For Raw, Ultimate Deletion is my favorite segment. Now, going on to SmackDown, before the show started, uh, about 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m., 3 p.m. Eastern time, it was announced that Daniel Bryan was cleared to compete again, which was great news to hear, especially as I was getting ready to go to sleep before work. And... Come SmackDown, Daniel Bryan had a long emotional speech again before he officially announced in-ring that he was medically cleared to wrestle. And the crowd reaction to me, I thought it was a good crowd reaction. They're excited to see Daniel Bryan come back. And another thing I want to talk about real quick are possible dream matches for Daniel Bryan upon his return. Now, a couple matches I want to see I'll give you my top three opponents I want to see Daniel Bryan face at in the coming months or year or so, is I want to see uh, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. No championship on the line, just a match, because unless AJ Styles decides to turn heel, it'd be a face-versus-face match, and it would just be a good competition to see who's better. And that same kind of match would also be for Daniel Bryan versus Johnny Gargano. I know Gargano is still in NXT, and I'll talk about him later because he is my favorite segment from NXT this past week. But just uh, Daniel Bryan is the most overface on SmackDown Live, and Johnny Gargano is the most overface in NXT. And once NXT, or not NXT, when Johnny Gargano comes up to the main roster, I feel like uh Daniel Bryan versus Johnny Gargano would just be an instant five-star classic in my opinion. Now, come to my favorite segment from SmackDown. It's not the first appearance by Daniel Bryan, it was actually the second appearance by Daniel Bryan when uh Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn finally arrived to the arena and Daniel Bryan had some very fun news for the two of them. Yep, that's right. He fired him. But given how the story's been going with Shane McMahon and them as well, I think that's obviously not lasting long. That's not an official firing, yada, yada, yada. And come next week, I think they're going to set up a Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens match, which, come WrestleMania, the crowd's just going to go insane, and I'm really excited to be there to see that. Now, moving on to NXT, my favorite segment from there is when Tommaso went to the ring. He was just eating up the booze that he had done the past couple of weeks. And he actually spoke this time saying that Gargano's never coming back. And so Tommaso Ciampa goes to the outside of the ring and rips up a bunch of Johnny Gargano emoji signs that I believe the full, staff, the full sales staff handed out to the crowd for Tommaso to do that. And then as he ripped one towards the entrance ramp, Johnny Gargano, I think he ripped off a mask and attacked Tommaso Ciampa, where security guards forcibly removed him from the building. And I love how they showed the whole process of them removing Gargano from the building and not allowing him to, back in to get back into the arena. But as uh, 41 minutes ago from the start of this recording... Uh, WWE uploaded a video to their YouTube channel to continue the feud between Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, The title of the video is Johnny Gargano Tries to Chase Down Tommaso Ciampa in the WWE PC parking lot. Uh, I actually, I really liked this video. I watched it right before I started recording. And it started with uh, Heavy Machinery, Otis Stodovich, and uh, Tucker Knight just walking, talking about their gains and how it's bulking season and Otis, I believe, was the one who noticed Gargano just leaning against his car, asking why he was there, and he was just like, Tommaso's got to show up eventually. So Tomaso pulls up, and Gargano sees him. He runs out of his car with Tommaso at his window down, and Gargano actually got the car door opened, but Tommaso forced it shut, backed up with Johnny, Johnny uh, running after him. And then Tommaso uh, drove, or sped forward, and Johnny Gargano was chasing him, and then he obviously Johnny Gargano's not going to keep up with the car, and Tommaso gets away unscathed this time. Now, I have not looked at any NXT rumors, so I don't know where they're going with this at the moment, like for what the their obvious match they're going to have at NXT TakeOver to New Orleans, but I've seen at a couple places, especially in the comments of this video, is that they are having an unsanctioned match at NXT. I'm sorry if that spoiled it for anyone. I don't know how many people are actually listening to this. But that's what I've heard. I don't know how true it is. But again, that's just what I've heard. And that match will steal the show at NXT TakeOver New Orleans, if it indeed does happen. And I'm excited to see, hopefully see, John Gargano kick Tommaso Ciampa's ass. Now, that was just a quick uh, segment to talk about my favorite segments from Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Oh, and also, um, the match between Mustafa Ali and Drew Gulak on 205 Live was a really good match. And I was really disappointed when Drew Gulak did not win because I was rooting for him. I would have loved to see Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulak at WrestleMania but sadly, that's not happening. But Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali at WrestleMania for the Cruiserweight Championship will be a nice, fair competition of a match since they're both really over faces. And I do not want to see that match on the pre show for the Cruiserweights to be on the pre show for two years in a row. Now, before I get onto the WrestleMania 34 card and who I want to see on the pre-show, not who I want to see, who I think will be on the pre-show and who should be on the main show and who should ultimately end up main eventing WrestleMania 34. Uh, I want to talk about the Mixed Match Challenge. It was uh, Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman versus The Miz and Oscar. Now, I like how they teased a kiss several times between Alexa Bliss and Braun Strowman, Even in the post-match interview, they teased it. Now, what do you think the chances are that Alexa Bliss is Braun Strowman's partner at WrestleMania? And that'll be after she potentially loses her championship and then just win the Raw tag team titles with Braun Strowman. I just think that'd be hilarious. I also feel it's highly unlikely. But, again, you never know. I ultimately think Braun Strowman will just say he um, never decided to have a partner and just went on, on his own. But right. getting ahead of myself here, Miz and Asuka won. Braun Strowman put Miz through the barricade, and then Asuka uh, made Bliss tap out, I believe. Yeah, I think she made her tap out. Okay, moving on. So as it stands right now, there are... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven confirmed matches for WrestleMania, as well as three uh predicted matches that are obviously predicted to happen at the show. And some big name wrestlers who don't have a set match or spot on WrestleMania yet are Elias, the Hardys, Bray Wyatt, and Samoa Joe. But I heard Samoa Joe isn't supposed to be there in time, but he could be an option for Braun Strowman because he was supposed to be out until, like, right after WrestleMania. So I feel like a team of Braun Strowman and Samoa Joe would be insane, especially for anyone who wanted to try to win those tag titles. Okay, so the matches that I feel like should be in the pre-show should be the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal as it's usually been, except for the first time. I think the United States Championship match between Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, and Jinder Mahal, and that's because I don't feel like anybody actually cares about this match, including myself. Sure, I like Randy Orton, and I like Bobby Roode, and not really a fan of Jinder Mahal. Just all three of them have been boring as of late, and that's not a match I'm actually, <laughs> I actually care about. That'll just be a break for me to replenish my drinks and my snacks for the rest of the show because I don't know of any other matches I would actually want to take a break during now the third match I think should be in the pre-show should be the Wrestlemania Women's Battle Royal and I know it's only the first Women's Battle Royal and I can understand people's arguments for it to be on the main card I just feel like it should be on the pre-show because it's a battle royal and the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royals on the pre-show. And I really don't want to see the cruiserweights on the pre-show again. I want the I feel like the best option would be to have the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal first, then the United States Championship match, followed by the women's battle royal on the pre-show and then have WrestleMania open with the Cruiserweight Championship cuz that's when the first eyes are there and people who maybe aren't normally wrestling fans will see a, this potential new style of wrestling and become full-time fans again. I don't know. It's a hope. That's just what I would like to see. All right, so moving on to uh, the middle of the show can be in whatever order they want. Um However, I feel like the SmackDown Women's Championship should at least come after the Raw Women's Championship just because we also got Asuka who's defending her streak in this match and plus she was the Royal Rumble winner. And I really hope she destroys Charlotte Charlotte Flair. I really don't like her, like, at all. Every time she comes on my TV, I just want to, like, turn it off and wait until she's done, whatever she's doing. So I just want to see Oscar kick Charlotte Flair in the face, uh, kick her in the stomach, kick her in the legs, put her in the Oscar lock, and I want Charlotte Flair to tap out. And personally, I wouldn't be surprised if Carmella cashes in either mid-match or after the match and either pin... Let's see pin Asuka if Asuka wins the match to end her streak that would be a really big swerve that I honestly wouldn't complain about because then we wouldn't have to worry about Asuka's streak every single match it's different when she was in NXT because she didn't wrestle every week and now that she was on Raw and presumably now on Smackdown for the foreseeable future she's been wrestling every week and just hearing about the streak is kind of getting on my nerves. So, once this, as, the faster the streak is over, the faster we can just move on from it. And yeah. So, I think if Carmella somehow cashes in mid match like she attempted to this past Tuesday, I think that she should pin Asuka again, where she can sneak away with the title and Charlotte has a reasonable complaint to try to get her championship back. Which would set up the Charlotte Flair Carmella feud, possibly with Osco involved in a way, and potentially set up a triple threat match for the SmackDown Women's Championship at Backlash. The following month. So the, the there's, let's see, there's probably about five matches that could close the show this year at WrestleMania. And those five matches would be the WWE Championship match between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Stephanie McMahon and Triple H, uh, the Universal Championship match between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, the uh, John Cena versus The Undertaker, if this is... The, it, I can't speak. If this match actually happens. And... Less likely would be a Charlotte Flair versus Asuka as well. And all of these matches have credibility to be the last show on the card. And I really like that this card has this much diversity in what could could go on last. Because any one of these matches, I don't think anyone would ever complain about this match going on last. Maybe except the Universal Championship match with Roman Reigns winning which is more than likely with Brock Lesnar's contract expiring. But moving on from that point, obviously the Universal Championship match, Brock Lesnar-Roman Reigns, that's probably going to be the one to end the show. But um, the reason that obviously is the credibility ended is the Universal Championship and the high caliber names in the match. Uh, The second match that could possibly end the show would be the WWE Championship of AJ Styles versus Nakamura. Obviously, some of the reasoning is uh, the WWE Championship and the prestigious title that it is, it should end the show, usually, more times than not. But also, Shinsuke Nakamura had won the Royal Rumble, which guaranteed him the quote-unquote main event of WrestleMania. But I feel like WWE is going to put this towards the end, maybe like the third-to-last match. I just... I just feel like that's just what WWE is going to do. And their first match at Wrestle Kingdom 10 two years ago is freaking fantastic. So if this match is anywhere, anywhere near the caliber of that match, it should be a show-stealing potential. The third match that has the potential to close the show is uh, Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. And I feel like this is a pretty obvious reason for this potential, and that would be Ronda Rousey and the mainstream star that she is. Just seeing her and Kurt Angle at the end victorious, presumably, as the show closes, would probably be huge for the company at WWE and potentially huge for Ronda Rousey in her future in the WWE as well, setting up the career that she's going to have. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the fourth match that's kind of unlikely would be the SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair versus Asuka. Uh, Asuka is the Royal Rumble winner. This it guarantees the quote unquote main event of WrestleMania, just like I said, for Shinsuke Nakamura. But um, the reason I feel like this is highly unlikely is because I've heard that they might set up. Uh, Ronda Rousey Charlotte Flair championship match for next year's Mania, or Ronda Rousey versus Oscar for next year's Mania? To, and to keep Oscar's undefeated streak alive for another year, which I kind of don't have, don't want to happen, but not the match. I'm, I'd be okay with Ronda Rousey versus Oscar at WrestleMania thirty-five, but I don't want Oscar to still be undefeated. I think that's just asking a little bit too much of the fans, just to. Bear through Asuka's undefeated streak. Now, <coughs> the fifth match that has the potential to close the show that hasn't been officially announced yet would be The Undertaker versus John Cena. And now, why I feel like this has the potential to close the show is because the reported rumors of The Undertaker coming back as the American badass. And. I feel like The Undertaker could go over on John Cena and close the show in victory as Taker officially retires. I feel like if this match does go down, this will be The Undertaker's last match in the WWE and not just the WWE in his career. So what better way to go out than with a win in the main event against the biggest star in the company for the past decade plus. Um, I'm just going to talk about the other matches and what I feel could happen. Um, Just real quick. Oh, uh, what did I talk about? Um, The Raw Women's Championship, Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. I feel like... I'm not sure. No one asked you to speak. You... Amazon Echo. Anyways, for that match, I like the way they're building up that story. I just want Alexa Bliss to win just because I never want to see Alexa Bliss lose. (laughs) I know that's a very fan reaction and reason, but that's just my reality. I just never want to see Alexa Bliss lose. And the other match that would really be um, great is going to be the Intercontinental Championship match between The Miz versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. And I feel like this one also has the potential to steal the show, and I don't think The Miz is going to lose because um, he's only, like, what, 50 or so days away from becoming the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. And I feel like WWE is going to have him break that record before he decides to lose it. Or not decides, before he actually loses the championship. And now looking at the Intercontinental Championship match, I completely forgot to mention earlier, the third person I'd like to see Daniel Bryan face, or at least in my head, I think I forgot it. If I didn't, you can just skip this part. But I'd love to see, we need to see Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. Like in some time in the next year. Personally, I would like to see it as a world championship match at WrestleMania 35, but I don't feel like that would happen. Like Have The Miz go in as Universal champ or WWE champ if he goes back to SmackDown and have Daniel Bryan be the challenger and just kick The Miz's ass for the way he treated him as general manager when The Miz was on SmackDown. Or I feel like a popular decision would also have uh, The Miz versus Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam. I don't know if any championship should be on the line. Maybe have The Miz be Intercontinental Champion up until SummerSlam and have the same thing, but have Daniel Bryan win the Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam instead. Um, let's see. A couple other things that I... Watched in re- wrestling. I'm just gonna talk about wrestling for a little bit in general. I watched Ring of Honor this week. That was a. I really enjoyed that show, especially the ten man tag between the Bullet Club, um, the Kingdom, and crap. What did Daniel's Kazarian and Scorpio scope? Oh, SoCal uncensored. SoCal censored The Kingdom versus the Bullet Club. I found that match really enjoyable between the on and off uh bullet club is fine moments where sometimes they're dysfunctional and sometimes they're on the same page so who knows what's going on with the bullet club but at uh the ROH show in New Orleans uh Supercard of Honor Cody versus Kenny is going to be a freaking fantastic match and also just some news and impact uh on their uh YouTube channel next week I think it is that they're having um Champion versus champion, Austin Aries versus, I don't know who's going to defend it. Is it going to be Matt Seidel or Josh Matthews in a title versus title match for the Impact World Championship and the Grand Championship? Just because Austin Aries has never held the Grand Championship. And I just love how Austin Aries is the belt collector since he left WWE. I just (laughs) think he looks like a complete, just quote unquote, stud just carrying four belts around all the time. And with Austin Aries showing up at Ring of Honor, eyeing the TV title, and now him eyeing the Impact Grand Championship, the possibility of him having six, I can just have the visual of him carrying six belts. And I just think that'd be hilarious. (coughs) Excuse me again. But I think that's all I have to talk about for this week. I'm sorry it couldn't be longer. I, it would have been if my co-host would be there because then we could have had a back-and-forth conversation about everything I talked about and more because stuff would have popped in my head as he was talking. But I'm actually surprised that I've gotten it to this 25-minute mark so far. So in closing, you can find me on Twitter if you want, at William Kliske, or Twitter and Instagram at William Kliske, and you can follow the show... On Twitter at uh, KOW Podcast, and please subscribe for, or please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes for a new upload every Saturday, or I'm shooting for every Saturday, and for pay per view reviews on Monday. Mondays, wow, this was actually really bad so far, but yeah, uh, follow the podcast twitter at kow podcast and follow me on twitter and instagram at william klisky subscribe to on subscribe to this podcast on itunes and the podcast.com website i don't know if having it on podcast.com gets me on google play i'm gonna have to look into that and all the other podcast apps as of that's all i know right now is that i'm definitely on podcast.com and on itunes so I'll talk to you guys next week.